Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the podcast, Biblical Truth Central. I am your host, Brother D. And I am in a completely different setting right now. Some of you may be able to tell, some of you may not be able to tell, but if you can, you'll know that I'm moving right now. I'm walking, actually going for a nice little walk inside outside (laughs) inside a nice little walk outside because you know I just wanted to change it up usually I do my podcasts um, in my office with my nice view and my bible with me and my microphone but now I'm actually recording uh, this episode um, as I walk via my, my phone so the audio maybe a little subpar than what you all are used to hearing. I hope that it's not that much of a difference, but I know that I did this same type of podcast about a year ago. Um, And I think the title of that episode was Cheating is Not Worth It. Um, Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. Um, I encourage you to go check it out and listen to it. It's very, very encouraging. I made a lot of good valid points as to why infidelity, cheating of any type is wrong on many different levels. But that was the last time I did a podcast as I walked. So you may hear me breathing a little heavy here and there, but it's what it is. We're still going to keep this biblical. Um, Again, I thought I would just change up the scenery. I had an opportunity to actually record at home, but... You know, I just wanted to get out and walk this evening because it feels nice out and falls right around the corner. Okay. So in this episode, it's going to be basic, meaning we're not going to talk about anything outrageous. We're not going to talk about anything unorthodox. But we're going to talk about something that may not be any of those, but it's still very important. It's basic, but it's very, very important. I'm going to talk about prayer. Prayer is something that simply does not get the recognition, the respect, and it definitely is not utilized to its fullest potential throughout the Christian community. A lot of people think when they pray, they just say, well, Lord, take care of me and my family and Make sure we have food to eat and shelter over our head. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, there's two different type of ways to pray. And I talked about this in a, a prayer group that I, that I was in um, last year or earlier this year. I'm at my job. Can you believe that? We actually had a men's prayer group at 6 a.m. every Wednesday morning. I talked about there are two different ways to pray. We pray either in the flesh or we pray in the spirit. How do you decipher between the two? If you're praying in the flesh, a lot of times you'll find yourself stumbling over your words. Your mind is cluttered. You have to think about what you want to say. It seems as if it is forced 
and not something that flows naturally. It almost sounds routine, like something that you recite just to say it. That is what we would consider praying in the flesh. Now, you may hear a car pass me right here. Here comes another car. Again, everybody, I apologize. And there's a helicopter right over me. <laughs> Usually it's very quiet in this neighborhood, but you see how the enemy does. You know, when I try to come out and make a podcast out in nature, he always tries to disturb things. But don't let that break the cycle of focus, folks. So that is what praying in the flesh is. It's forced prayer. Praying in the spirit. The best way I can describe it is that there's no thinking. You don't think. When you ask the spirit to take over in prayer, like the Bible tells us, scriptures say, you know, sometimes we know not what we should pray about. So we have to ask the Holy Spirit for intercession to pray for us because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what we need. And the Holy Spirit knows how we should be praying. So when you allow the Spirit of God to pray, there is no thinking. It's effortless and it flows and passion begins to come from your words and your body language begins to change. You can feel the presence of God when you pray in the spirit. You know, I had this experience several times throughout my Christian walk. The last time was Sunday. If you've been following me on YouTube, on my channel, Biblical Truth Central, then you'll know that, you know, me and my family are going through a lot right now. You know, my dad was murdered back in February, February 24th of this year. So we're still going through things with that and the case with the culprit. And my grandmother, my great grandmother is very ill right now. She's sick with dementia and Parkinson's disease. My great-grandmother is the person who raised me. So we're going through a lot. And I felt overwhelmed over the weekend. Really overwhelmed. And it was approximately about 12 p.m. Sunday. I just felt a need. To, I was driving home. And I just felt this urgent need to pray. This urgent need to pray. And I got on my knees. And I just started asking questions first. Because make no mistake, when you pray, just say what you have to say. Don't hold anything back from God. Because... God knows the ending from the beginning. He knew how our he knows how our life is going to turn out before it comes to an end. So that means when you're born, he knows exactly everything you're going to go through. 
Every day you're going to experience, every trial and tribulation you're ever going to have to wrestle with, he knows all of these things. So there's no point in holding anything back from God. The Bible tells us that God is light. Amen? And that anything in the dark shall be revealed in the light. So you can't hide anything from the Lord. So it's best that you come clean, that you're honest, and that you don't have a prayer script to when, when you get ready to pray. Now, I'm not saying anything is wrong with reading a prayer. That's fine. Maybe you have some specific things that you want to ask God and you want to write those things down. Be my guest. Go ahead. But don't forget to also just let it flow and let the spirit of God take over all of those unconfessed sins. Pray about them. Pray that the Lord delivers you from them. Pray that he shows you how to battle these things because, you know, make no mistake. As long as we dwell here on the earth, we have to deal with the flesh. So that means that we have to crucify the flesh every single day. There's no rest. The enemy in the book of Revelation says Satan will wage war on the saints, trying to wear us out. And how many of you feel tired and weary and worn out some days? The next question I would ask is how is your prayer life? How deep? Are you getting into prayer? Now, don't feel bad. I'm not trying to make anybody feel upset or down about their walk with the Lord because I'll be the first to admit that I'm not perfect. And I have gone through seasons where I may not have prayed as diligently as I should have, where I may not have prayed as earnestly as I should have, where I may not have prayed as consistently as I should have. I've gone through those seasons, and that's just the walk of a Christian. Hills and valleys. There are moments in your walk where you just feel on fire for God, where you feel motivated and inspired to go out and, and preach and evangelize and to just get down on your knees and confess and have the Lord edify you, edify you spiritually and bring you up as a soldier in the kingdom. Amen. And then we have those times where we don't even want to get on our knees to pray anymore. We have those times where we pray standing up or laying down or sitting in a chair. Everything except for being humble, coming before the royal throne of God on our knees. You know, I often think about Christ. You know, Jesus is the standard. Yeshua is the standard, the standard, folks. I think sometimes we forget about that. I think we sometimes we forget about our Lord and Savior. You know, when we first get saved, 
we're grateful and we're thankful to Jesus. We always say we're grateful for his sacrifice and the fact that he is the mediator between man and God the Father. And the fact that because of him, we get to go to heaven. We often say these things, but we forget about Jesus's characteristics and how he himself walked. Jesus often got away alone. He got away from the disciples. He got away from the multitudes, the big crowds. He would get up early in the morning and find a place, a quiet place, where he could worship God in spirit and in truth. And he would go and get on his knees and pray. Jesus would get on his knees and pray. Jesus wept on his knees to the Father before he was about to be delivered into the hands of the enemy for the crucifixion. He got on his knees and he prayed, being humble. Another humble moment is when the Lord washed the feet of the disciples. Every time I think about that, it brings me back into perspective and it makes me question just exactly who I am and who he is and how dare I think I shouldn't have to m mimic what our Lord did. Why shouldn't I think I have to do something like that when in fact the Bible tells us that no man is greater than his master. No servant, I'm sorry, is greater than his master. For if the world hated him, the world should hate us too. Amen. Again, I want to apologize for any background noise that you all may hear. But it's, again, I'm outside in the elements. I'm not inside my home where it's nice and quiet. But I pray that you all get the message and that it marinates on your mind and, and then it's a blessing to your spirit prayer we need to take it serious we're living in a day and age where we need to be praying now more than ever we are in the middle of a transition into the new world order who are we kidding ourselves to think that things are going to just majestically go back to normal when things have already changed. When people have already accepted what is and have decided to deem it and stamp it as being normal. Individuals are willingly giving up their rights. And slowly but surely they're being also taken away from us. Freedom of speech, it's not so free in America. Many a times on social media, Facebook, Instagram, I've had posts taken down saying that it's false information from Facebook fact checkers, from Instagram fact checkers. I've had videos on YouTube taken down for offensive material when all I said was the truth. You know, we live in a world where the truth is not welcomed. In fact, the last time a person told pure 
100% truth, they crucified him. That is what the world thinks of the truth. I once heard from a great apologist, his name is Dr. Frank Turek. You know, he said, people only want to hear the truth when it's convenient for them. People only want to hear the truth when they feel they can benefit from it and when it condones their lifestyle, but they don't want to hear the truth if it condemns them or if it hurts them in some sort of way, they don't want to hear the truth and they will block it out and condemn you and call you hateful. The world has never hated deception, but it has always welcomed it, but it always hates truth. World peace, everybody get along, kumbaya, be happy, accept people for who they are. You know, these are the things that sound good, that sound like it would be peaceful, you know, coexist. We see the bumper stickers, but that's not what the Bible says. Jesus said, I didn't come here to bring peace, but a sword. Woo. What you going to do with that sword, Christ? <laughs> what does a sword do? It cuts deep. It splits down the middle. It separates who's real, who's fake. The sheep from the goats, the barley from the tares, the flowers from the weeds, the holy from the wicked. That's what a sword does. Amen. Jesus never said come together and be as one. Jesus never said merge all of the religions as one. Do not be deceived by these false prophets that say that we need to bring together all the religions of the world. That's wicked. That's a one world religion. Do you not understand that that is also a part of the new world order? One world religion. One world currency. I just went to Walmart today. And as I was checking out the self-checkout, there was a sign that said, we don't take cash. Machine doesn't take cash. Only card only. That's it. Credit, debit. So that basically means if you didn't have a credit card, or a debit card, you could not make a purchase if you had cash. You got people out here that's, that's just going over their heads. They think that it's just nothing. You know, some people often say, well, most people pay with card anyway. That's not the point. The point is we bring, we're being forced to make transactions a certain way. In fact, we're being forced to make transactions that can be traced. I'm not saying anybody has anything to hide, but it's the fact of the matter is that they're giving people no choice. You can't pay with cash. For the last couple of decades, 
I've always heard that there's a war on the dollar bill and that the society is trying to go cashless. And I always thought to myself, what? Sure. But then it hit me when one day I went to the mailbox and I got a debit card in the mail, one of my debit cards, and it had a chip on it. I was like, why is this chip on my card? Like, wow, what's what's going on now? Each and every one of you should have a chip on your card. And I knew that that was the beginning right there. I knew at some point they were going to try to do away with currency. A one world currency. Folks, it's time to wake up. It's time to pray. Like you've never prayed before. Maybe you're somebody out there who has never prayed. If you've never prayed, it's a good chance you're probably not saved. And if you're not saved, let's take an opportunity right now, right here, as you listen to this, to come to the Lord and to get saved. All you got to do, folks, is confess with your mouth. That Jesus died on the cross for your sins. That he poured his blood out as a sacrifice for your sins. Because sin needs to be paid for with blood. Which is exactly why in the Old Testament they sacrificed animals. To pay for the sins of the Israelites. A blood sacrifice was made by Jesus Christ, sufficient for the sins of the entire world. Animals were sufficient for a nation, but Jesus's blood is sufficient for the entire world. All you got to do is believe that. And that he rose from the dead three days later, conquering death, taking the keys of death and hell out of Abraham's bosom. Or some people may call it Hades or the center of the earth. Sheol. Whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Jesus took the keys and he's got them. And it's him who passes judgment. Because the Lord has given him a name that is above all names. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. All you got to do is believe that he is who he said he was and that he came to do what he said he was going to do for you and you will be saved. You don't have to do anything except for sincerely believe with your heart. And once you've done that, the Lord is obligated to hear your prayers. God does not hear the prayers of the unbeliever. Because you were not his. The Bible tells us that you are of your father, the devil. Everyone is not a child of God. Don't believe that lie. That's not in the scriptures. Everyone is a creation of God, but everybody is not a child of God. You become a child of God when you are born again of the spirit. Like John chapter three tells us, ye must be born again or you cannot see the kingdom of God. You got to come to Christ and be covered in his blood. Because it is sufficient for the remission of sins.
Amen. Once you come to the Lord, you start praying immediately. And you confess all your sins. And let him build you up. Let him make you stronger. Let him show you the way that you need to go in these last days. Because the age of grace is wrapping up. Because the enemy is moving fast. He's moving very fast. I, I, I didn't think that it would all, that so much would happen within this year. I've been looking at how events have been unfolding over the course of years, but this year in particularly, he has really, really made his move on this world. And it has legitimately scared some people. But the Bible tells us to be of good courage and fear not. I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and a sound mind and power. Nobody can have that without Jesus. Come to him and start praying. Pray for your family. Pray for those you love and care for. Start praying. Get on your knees. This is the time. Amen. This is the time to be taking prayer seriously. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you very much for listening. Consider subscribing to my podcast here. Look me up on YouTube too. Biblical Truth Central. Great material. Great community. I'm very blessed to be in the position I'm in. And I'm glad that the Lord is utilizing me in these last days. Will you let him use you? Let God use you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. Peace.